0: Kind words. National Theatre Live and One Survives. This is Staying In. Hands up here. Hands up. Who can do an impression of Lloyd Grossman? I don't want to hear anything. Just hands up. Chris, hands up. Dan, hands up. Pete. Pete. Now, Pete, are you pulling that face because... You can't you don't think you can do an impression of Lloyd Grossman. Or you don't know who Lloyd <laughs> Lloyd Grossman is. Could we
1: have Pete's impression of what he thinks Lloyd Grossman would sound <laughs> Actually,
0: like? Actually, hang hang on, hang on, Chris. Before before we even go down this rabbit hole that I'm gonna take us on, is Lloyd Grossman okay to talk about <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is one of those things you need to google because it's like they're either dead or they're in jail <laughs> like uh, from that right. period of time is
0: it enough to see if to go on his wikipedia and see that con and see controversy isn't one of the sub subheaders?
2: Yeah, yeah 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 it's exactly that yeah uh i
0: think i think he's yeah i think he's all right okay, okay. all right okay all right. All right. that's Right so Pete. Mm. What do you think Lloyd Grossman sounds like?
2: Um I think he sounds like um well let's go over here and try the dish prepared by contestant A.
3: That's, that that's, 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 a pre- that's a pretty good impression.
2: Wow. That's a
0: very good impression. Uh Chris what's he, what does your Lloyd Grossman sound like? Who lives in a house
1: like this? David, it's over to you. <laughs> oh, see, that was mine as well. Oh, oh.
0: <laughs> what do you mean that was yours? It's my <laughs> voice.
3: <laughs> and genuinely, when I was a child, I, I thought I could do a really good impression of Lloyd Grossman. So the fact that you okay. come up with this makes me think that somehow you've dug into like my childhood and found this out about me. That when I was a child, I was convinced I could do a great impression, but that was when I was a child, and then my voice broke, so...
0: Let's just have five seconds of silence where we forget what Chris just did, right? And then, Dan, in your own time, when you're ready, do you want to take a sip of water or something? (laughs) No pressure. Yeah, take a sip of water. Just wet wet, wet the whistle. Channel Lloyd. Wet the whistle. We've all forgotten what Chris did. I've forgotten who Chris is. And right, and then, Dan, in your own time, the impression you thought was good 20 years ago. Who would live
3: in a house like this? David, it's over to you. Uh I mean, I was a child. My voice has changed a lot since then.
1: <laughs> I think we all were done.
3: <laughs> I'm not pretending it's good now. I mean, it sounds great. I I mean,
2: is it good?
0: I pff, uh, it, m- maybe it was 20 years ago. But but I was thinking like Right. Well, hang on a minute. Hang on a hang
3: on a minute. <laughs> there are four people on this podcast, Sam.
0: Oh yeah, can... you're throwing us to the wolves. I did mine off air. It's fine. Oh yeah, yeah. I want to hear it. Lloyd Grossman, right, was was like the impression of the '90s. Like everyone could do a Lloyd,
2: a Lloyd Grossman. And if you couldn't do that, you could do an Ace Ventura. Go on. Yeah, I'm not I'm not claiming anything for this. <laughs> yeah. You look like Pete, it felt like you were really
1: fishing for that.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. I can't remember what he, he's doing. um so it's what's what's this famous catchphrase? Ace Ventura.
1: It's all righty then, isn't it?
3: Yeah. Said exactly like that. All righty yeah.
2: then.
1: All righty then. Deadpan. <laughs> yeah.
0: But who would be like there there is a reason for this Lloyd Grossman rabbit hole that that I brought us on, but my tangent to it is like, what is the equivalent now? Like, what's the impression the kids are doing in the
2: playground? Hmm. Well, kids are like, just playing I thought- Fortnite.
3: I don't think they're doing impressions of like no very standard <laughs> no, Dan- class prime time television. Dan, I, th- I think hosts. Sam's
2: onto something here. I definitely think children will be doing impressions of of people, but I think it's like maybe it's like a YouTuber that we don't know about. Like, it strikes me that they're probably, like, kids probably aren't watching, you know, let's be honest, they're probably not watching MasterChef or Through the Keyhole anymore, okay? Um, but they're probably watching, I don't know, someone on YouTube who's, like, you know, doing impressions of, uh, you know, saying things like, make sure to like and subscribe and hit that bell. I'll bet it's, I know who it is. It'll be that lad who plays Fortnite, the um, Ninja. Ninja. It'll be Ninja. They'll do impressions of Ninja. Or, like, Feel good or whatever he's called. Feel good. What is he? What's his like? Um... Feel good. <laughs> isn't Isn't that a, Isn't isn't that, a, isn't that
0: a Bond girl? <laughs> uh, uh, Doctor disrespect. That's. I was thinking of. I was thinking of Doctor Feel Good. And then...
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That is. That is immediately, if any young people have listened because of episode 100, they're immediately like, these people are too old. <laughs> these are not the people that I should be listening to.
0: <laughs> okay, so the reason the reason for this Lloyd Grossman um, tangent is, yeah. is that MasterChef has become the programme whilst I'm at home and in lockdown that right. um, me and my wife is, have been turning to for like the, uh, what would you call it? Just like that little like um, bit of like escapism that- Much com- comfort television. Respite. Yeah, like and like nothing bad ever permeates through MasterChef. Like yeah. the outside world doesn't exist. It's just this like, little bubble where like in terms of like external influences it's
2: very very isolated it's unique in in a quantum universe that you can always predict exactly what master chef is going to be you know you know that there's not going to be some horrible terrible thing that comes along you but you you also know that he's going to take one of those very tiny spoons pop pop it into a little dessert that's been made and then very mm, mm, suck on the end of it, like mm, this is very like you know you're gonna get that basically, and and, and you also get Greg Wallace shouting, "It's put time <laughs> <laughs> really
0: loud," and I love it. Also, it is the most bonkers show in terms of like how the format works i actually i've had to i've had to write this down because the the whole like setup of MasterChef is so bonkers right but one of the reasons it's been such a stable in our house is like oh we're like making a real effort to take a break from everything that's going on and we're going to sit down and watch this yeah Is the fact that they pump out episodes. <laughs> so there's so many episodes. So there's 60 contestants uh, who fight out to become MasterChef. And that's done over 24 episodes. And there's three episodes every week. What? Um, so first you get the heat in one episode where six contestants cook a dish. There's two winners then the other four do an invention test and then there's two more winners and then those four cook a two-course meal and then one goes home and then and then (laughs) whoever survives that and this is my favorite thing about MasterChef, goes on to what they call knockout week (laughs) right (laughs) what happens
2: in knockout week
0: (laughs) as if it's any different to what's happened before
2: You've, you've you've really intensely gotten into this in a way that I sort of thought you were going to end that all of that with and so jet fuel can't melt
1: steel beams like, yeah. like, like I mean it, it sounds it sounds less like a cooking show more like the maze runner yeah <laughs>
0: It it is like really comforting.
2: Yeah, no, I've um I've been finding um well I've been mean finding a great deal of uh, of uh, beauty in uh I um Alex and I have been playing um Animal Crossing, and Good. we've gotten to the point now where we're um we are talking about our villagers and our village in the same breath as talking about real world things. So like for example, I'll be told you know you need to load the dishwasher oh, and by the way, later we need to make sure that um, Apple's got her house in the right place because, uh, you know, there's no... There's, she, she's going to be annoyed otherwise. Oh, and, and like, you know, I'll, I'll have, like, oh, uh, you know, oh, thanks very much for, for doing that spot of lunch. By the way, um, you really need to make sure that the flowers get put in the right place because otherwise we are not going to get, like, you know, five stars from the Happy Home Academy.
3: So are you, sh- are you sharing a save with Alex?
2: Yeah, yeah. So with with the new one, you can have um, like it's the next stage of the relationship. Down. Uh, it's. I tell you what, though. Honestly, like like our relationship is solid as a rock, but Animal Crossing may may destroy us if we're uh, if we're not lucky. I, because it's my Switch, and I'm was the first person to play my copy of the game.
3: Already, I can see cracks.
2: Yeah, <laughs> this is my Switch. I have. Well, here's the thing. I have complete admin rights over the entire village because the game just gives that to me. Um, but they don't give it to Alex's character because she's like a secondary character, essentially. Can
0: can you play? Can you play at the same time
2: like you, that? Or you can, but like in the way that like the second player can't really do anything.
0: Oh right! So, oh right! So you just like come in to the living room and you'll see Alex on Animal Crossing, and do you get like what are you doing?
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, I'll be like, what?
3: <laughs> it's just like why are you why are you talking to him.
2: Yeah, <laughs> we said we weren't talking to him anymore. I needed those sky eggs, um, <laughs> but that's what that's what's giving me quite a lot of um, enjoyment and sort of like that uh, that same. Um, let's come up with the phrase: uh, the sort of uh, master chef certainty uh, at this sort of okay uh, time yeah. of
0: no um, external
1: presence. Yeah. Um, Chris, um, I've I've clocked out around nearly seventy hours in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love this.
3: Well so I've I've kind of just been doing a combination of mm. what, what all you guys have been doing. I've I've been watching Disney Plus. Uh, my wife also has never watched Star Wars. She's now watched the first seven films um, and enjoying them. Um, not as much as me, but that's okay. Uh, I've been watching a new series of uh, season six of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's just landed on Netflix. So I've been watching that because I never watched that when that came out. Uh, but yeah, and then I've, I've also been watching um, uh, theatre online.
1: Dan, is this the National Theatre?
3: Yes. Yeah, so, so the National Theatre have been rele- uh, have released one at the time of recording. They've they released one, which was um, One Man, Two Governors. Yeah. Good show. I saw that. I saw that live. I've seen it live. I didn't see the original cast live, but I have seen it live. Um,
0: I saw it with um, Rufus Hound. Yes, Rufus Hound.
3: I saw yes. it. I, no, I saw it with the because um, the original cast had James Corden in the lead. I saw it when his understudy took over.
0: Oh damn it! Were you hoping to see James Corden?
3: No, no, J- James Corden already left. But when he left, his understudy took over the role. So
0: all right. I was hoping you're just like big night tonight. Gonna see a celebrity, and it's just like tonight. The role of James Corden
2: will be played by Wolf off of Gladiators.
3: <laughs> I love, I love these little insights into Pete's perception
1: of popular culture.
3: He could have picked anyone. He could have picked anyone, and he went for Wolf from Gladiators.
1: <laughs> Pete, Pete, Pete is like the mayor of a little seaside town. Who should we get to switch on our lights this year? <laughs> I saw
2: jet turn on the uh, Christmas lights in Tumbridge Jones. Same.
3: Yeah, that react. by the way, that reaction was the appropriate reaction to your anecdote meap. there, Pete. Meap,
2: meap. So what do you do? Do you
0: just like log in and just watch it on your It's on YouTube. TV. Yeah, or? well
3: the National Theatre Live Stuff is just on YouTube. So you just it's a it's a two hour show. They pre- they premiere it at a certain time. So from like I think it's like seven o'clock maybe on Thursday kind of guessing at this um go online you'll find out exactly when it was uh they premiere it and that will play live well i say live they're, they're it's kind of it's obviously not live because it's a it's a pre-recorded thing um and then once that's finished it then gets made available for seven days to watch on demand and then it'll be taken off and it's replaced by another one so i think the next one is jane Eyre um that they're doing but they're doing i think there's some, some shakespeare that they're doing as well um lots of different kind of different styles of plays, so it's not just specifically one area, but I just really like i love i mean I love theater we've all kind of got a theater background in some shape or form um yeah and I just love going to theater but i I so rarely ever get to do it um because it's so expensive and it's so difficult to kind of especially with a with a with a child it's so difficult to go out and see it so to have kind of theater in the house is amazing and I mean One Man Two Governors I think is a fantastic show it's not typically my usual kind of show that I like but it work, works really really well so I really really enjoyed it um, but it's not just national theatre you can like RSC are releasing loads online as well um, Fleabag the, the Phoebe Waller Bridge um, stage show is being made available uh on amazon prime i think if you, you pay four pound for it and they're making available for a limited time so there's just this thing about having theater accessible wherever you are that you're not having to live in london or travel make a huge big effort i can sit at home and really enjoy theater filmed well you know in a, in a kind of good environment so you can see or yeah i just i'm really really enjoying it
1: can i tell you a story i heard about um a macbeth uh production of yesteryear? i cannot remember who directed it but there's a sequence towards the end of the play spoilers where lady macbeth um, commits suicide essentially and essentially yeah and okay. um, usually it happens off stage usually but in this particular production they wanted to just see her kind of walking up to like the, the kind of the rampants of the castle and kind of just jumping off and obviously the actor is going to be falling from a great height at the back of the stage they wanted to kind of catch her So rather than put a net in, they put a trampoline in there. (laughs) So that, okay, opening night, they watch Lady Macbeth. You know, it's a very serious (laughs) scene. Jump off the balcony and then just saw her reappear again above.
0: (laughs) Disappear, then reappear again. (laughs) That's really funny.
1: Oh a little tip for you as well it's quite good I've been doing every week with my family by the way I've been speaking to my family more during the time the current time we're in <laughs> than I ever usually have um using mainly house party but also mm-hmm. I've been running the derby family quiz once a week
0: okay who who's what's the current who's the current leader
1: uh, my parents yeah your parents I know. Oh, as a team um that there there is a team my parents so uh, it's my parents my sister and her her partner and uh, my brother and his partner, and they're in different teams. Mm. And basically, there are these great. There's these great websites online which have ready-made pub quizzes with all the rounds, including like the pictures round and everything. So, like I send them the picture, you know, the, the the picture round bit just as we're about to start, and then I kind of, you know, do a pub quiz for about an hour and a half or so. And it's just great once a week, and they really look forward to it. Do you have? Do you have a? Do you have a meat raffle afterwards? No, I do give the winner a five-pound Amazon voucher though.
0: <laughs> oh, do you? Yeah.
1: Oh, it's got to be oh, legit, Chris. Sam. I know.
0: Can I join in? <laughs> what do they do? They donate anything? No. All oh, right. Okay. Because no. this could be going on for qu- six months. I know. And but, if you're doing that every week, but this week. is
1: all the dollars I would have spent in America right now. Oh,
0: so it's in dollars. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so you couldn't get your money exchanged. You got a five-dollar Amazon voucher. <laughs> lots of them. Yeah. Well, that's that's nice, Chris, and and you know that's a lovely bit of bit of kindness. Um, because um, there is actually, if you are wanting to spread a little bit of kindness, then there is a game that will help you do that. Pete, have you heard of a game called Kind Words? Brackets, brackets, lo-fi chill beats to write to, close brackets. I oh, oh, love that name. <laughs> um,
2: I haven't... I, uh, no, I haven't. I've, uh, is this a Is this a card game or a video game or...? It's video game. Video game. Video okay. game. So
0: just like Chris has been spreading joy and kindness through his family by giving his parents five pound Amazon vouchers, I've been trying to yeah. um, relax and spread kindness throughout the internet um, by playing kind words, brackets, lo fi, chill beats to write to. This was. A game, I'd I'd heard a lot about it when it first came out. It's made by Pop Cannibal. But it was only when I saw a video that People Make Games and Chris Bratt had made that it really struck me as something that I think that would have actually been of some benefit to me and and my genuine levels of um, anxiety and Mm. stress and like mental health. Yeah. Because co- what kind words essentially is, and I know this is going to put a lot of people off in terms of the way I describe it, is that it actually is the world's nicest social network. Um, okay. Because all you do is you you um, it's it's a Steam game. You can buy it for four pounds, so your mum and dad could buy as many as they wanted. Now, Chris, because you know they got the money. Yeah, they got the money. And you essentially have this picture of like a bedroom and an avatar who's sitting writing at a desk. And then you have this magical deer who acts as the post person. And you're left essentially in this in this void listening to this really nice, relaxing, lo-fi, chill beat. You know, the kind of music you get on YouTube where yeah. there's that animation of that girl flipping through
2: studying, yeah. Where you're at work and you're, you know, you, you you know you're studying and you're working from home and you're just like uh, oh, I really need to make sure I get on and do some work today so you put that you put that you on you
0: put lo-fi chill beats on yeah um and it's and it's got that music and the soundtrack is really 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 effective for the moment and what you do is is either one of well three things essentially you can just leave it on in the background and in, and enjoy the music you can send out what they call a request and that's essentially like a request for help from someone or a request with a question or um, to assist you in some way and you just write like a short couple of sentences and then it just gets sent away and then the other thing that you can do is respond to requests So you just get a heap of requests that you can just cycle through, and it's up to you to choose what you would like to respond to. And some of them are quite heavy and serious, like people who are really, really having difficult times, whether physically, emotionally, or with their mental health. Some people are just asking for nice new vegetarian recipes, or like, how do you stay motivated? Or, you know, I've got, um, I'm in a long distance relationship, like, What can I do to, you know, help us feel like we're getting a little bit closer? And some are a lot more um, detailed and very, very specific sort of problems. And And you just generally, and you choose, you pick and choose what you feel like you could respond to or maybe that you could help someone in some way. And it really feels like a place where, which fosters a wonderful sense of community. And I know that social networks always put across this image that they want to be the place where nice things happen. And they want to be the place where community comes together for the benefit. And I've never really felt it across, you know, Twitter, Facebook, or like Instagram. I've never really felt that sense of community, but I really do with kind words because it just does enough to make you feel like you don't have to respond to anything. You can you can really pick and choose what you're answering. So therefore, I never really feel like I'm doing like psychology 101 yeah, yeah. or I never really feel like I'm giving someone bad advice because I'm never being asked to respond to something I don't feel like I have any life experience to help with. And because how it works is you'll send off your answer to someone. Say the other day I gave someone a lovely recipe for some aubergine katsu curry for their vegetarian thing. I gave some help to someone who was having trouble feeling motivated and to someone else who was feeling anxiety around being in being in isolation and what was going to happen to their parents. And then you'll never ever get a direct response from that person. The only thing that would happen is is that you might log on the next day and someone may have sent you a sticker and you never know who sent you that sticker so you'll never know which piece of advice you sent got that response from them because a sticker is a kind of way of you saying non-verbally I really appreciated that because sometimes there's no real true altruistic act like, but because there's an anonymity in terms of what you're getting this physical reward for sending it really diminishes that sense of like selfish (laughs) sort of benefit from
2: like giving advice so it's not like um i'm always not suspicious of but i'm Mm. always kind of i always try and keep my eye on is when you see that kind of activity in a very public manner on social media stuff where it feels like a little bit of that like you know i'm sure with the best of intentions you know a lot of it's very you know, pure-hearted, but some of it does feel a little bit for the likes. Some of it for is mm-hmm. a little bit because you know I want a follower count, right? Um, whereas this sounds like you're doing it because it's altruistic. Yes. Like,
0: and there's there's a wonderful little loop that I get in when I when I play kind words, and I genuinely play it because I've got a question to ask. Yeah. So like, I think oh, I'm really anxious about this today, or you know, something's happened. um, So I'm just going to, you know, send off my request, send it away. And then I feel like there's a chance today that I can log on and really help someone. Yeah. And really be of assistance to it. And to feel that when you're playing a game is something that I've never experienced before. And I genuinely lose myself for hours playing this because I get into a loop of, sitting down, sending off a request, and then finding something I can respond to and then really taking my time to craft because you've got a limit a limited like you've got like 14 lines to send the stuff off to. So really finding the time to craft a response that I feel will be of some benefit and try and help and, 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 and try and guide someone through something or, or whatever. and then and then the beautiful thing about it all is when I finish doing that, the deer pops their head through your little window in front of where you're writing. And it's the responses to, to the question that you've sent. And I've Ooh. had some staggering, staggering stuff. And it's a really nice way of like, you get all these little envelopes and you peel them open ah, and you read what people have written. That's nice. And they have sent like like some incredible, incredible stuff that has just like instantly melted my anxiety away. and And you know that feeling of just like, you know, I am not alone in this and like yeah. I am not the only one in this position feeling like this and what I'm feeling is completely normal and and being able to step away from a computer and like close it and just like have a moment of like peace and mindfulness.
2: Man, I am made up for you. This sounds like a really lovely thing. Like this sounds like a yeah, one of those beautiful things to come out of uh come out of a stressful thing.
1: That sounds incredible I don't really know how to talk about another subject that doesn't dampen the mood or bring us down compared to that beautiful thing that that beautiful <laughs> sentiment that's come from that game which I will be buying and I can imagine me just every morning beginning with just a little quick visit just you know to set me right on my day really I think that's just lovely uh, I want to talk about uh murder and uh oh dear
2: it's one of those things isn't it it's the 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 thing is what the thing is like people at the moment are always talking about like the elephant in the room and like it it, the 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 problem that we that we have at the moment right is that you can't not talk about what's going on in the world right but also everyone's sick of it because it's also not something that like everyone wants to think because it's not nice to think about what this thing is, right? Like, And so you always end up with this, you always end up with this uh, situation where it's just like, you end up talking about, you know, oh, well, you know, here's some very serious thoughts on the matter and you have a very serious conversation about the thing. And then then like 30 seconds later, you'll be like, by the way, do you see that cool meme I sent you?
3: This is really tragic, but on the other side, PlayStation have just shown me their new controller. It's like, how do I, Balance two yeah. things
2: Yeah, it's just like how how it's just like should I really be upset that I don't like the new controller design? Because really, <laughs> there are far bigger know. fish to fry in this world. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's it as well. And the other thing, the other thing I think is, I I think at some point you have to kind of acknowledge it and then just move on as much as you can because otherwise you just end up like thinking about no, it for like yeah. ages and ages. I mean, and ages, and you, ages. You'll just you'll just so, be riddled with existential angst. Exactly. And so, Chris, tell us about a nice murder. Yeah, I'm, I'm thing. glad
1: you've returned back to me because that's an awful <laughs> thing for me to be left without context. I want to talk about murder. Yeah, exactly.
0: Is Is Veronica still there? Can we? Can you get her into the room so we check the? <laughs> it's important that we know she's safe. <laughs> yeah, is she safe? Yeah, I'll send her a text
1: now. Send her yeah, a text she- So, so, uh- um, so I've been playing a card game called okay. One Survives, uh, which was sent to us very kindly. Um, published by Tip the Table Games, uh, successfully backed on Kickstarter. Very good. Uh, so thank you very much to them for sending that through. Uh, i you. I'm really glad I have this, actually, um, because I've been playing a fair bit of set collection games. But what I quite like about this one is that it's a set collection game that has a theme, a scenario kind of okay. around it, as well as player elimination. Okay, so... So is the theme, so just to be clear, the theme is murder. Uh, I'll take it. I'll, t- I'll paint a picture of words, Peter. So Please So it's a 10 do. to 25 minute game, two to six players. So perfect. Um, it's like your classic kind of like Friday the 13th kind of ah, scenario. Right, okay. So right, you've got right, a high right. school boat trip that's gone wrong. You wash up on a seemingly deserted island to find that there is a lone killer on this island. Who elected to take themselves out of society but now with you there you're kind of bringing them back into being a kind of a murderer and okay. each of you as a player you are in your own location on the island and you have to try and find a way off it really you can try and light a signal fire you could maybe fix the radio um sorry or um or fix the boat Um, but at all times you're conscious that uh, you could be having to face a killer at any point who could strike okay and it's very simple you pick up a card uh, you either choose to play a card or discard it you put it on the discard pile so players can choose to pick up a card from the draw pile face down or they can have a look at what's just been discarded and and help themselves to that and these cards are really like a mix of objects and locations on the island Um, and some special cards, which I'll get to in a bit. Any location card that you play remains face-up in front of you and you discard your old one. That is where this player is now on the island. Um, So everyone knows where everyone else is on the island. And you get like a little tiny map, so you can get a little bit of context there. Yeah. Because what you're trying to do is collect a specific set of cards and get to a specific location with them. So for example, if I get a battery, keys, and propeller, and I get to the dock, ah. that means I've repaired the boat and I'm off, at, I'm at the yeah. game. I leave everyone else to face mm-hmm. the music. Now, you may think, okay, standard fair. But what makes this really interesting is that we also all play as the killer as well. And we can all inadvertently make it difficult for other players because um, you can actually also, a way to win the game is to kill the killer. So I can collect the required amount of items to assemble my own Molotov cocktail. Mm. (laughs) And as soon as I've taken them out, if somebody plays, you know, a jump scare card or a frenzy card at my location, I can then show them my complete set of items to make a Molotov cocktail. And that means I've killed the killer and we've all won the game. But like the reason why somebody might want to take out the other players is that they also win the game that way. Because essentially the, the whole plot twist is they are... There was never a killer. They are the killer. They are the killer. So, uh. so how does, so
0: how does, how does, like, I, because I think player elimination is like the number one worst thing to put into any board game or any like multiplayer video game, really, because there's nothing worse than you've been eliminated and then you've got to spend an hour watching all your friends have fun. So, like, how does, how does that, does it, does it deal with that in any way? Well, or I, I or, like player
1: elimination, but only in very short card games so I love Love Letter it's one of my favourite games and equally this this is a very short game so if you're out you're not out for long and trust me you'll want to be playing this like in best of three or best of five let's say for example And and it becomes really interesting because the first time you play you're thinking oh that's not fair I'm out of the game but after that you're then starting to look to see what cards people are discarding So if I see, you know, because you're getting an inkling in terms of what people's tactics are around the space. Because equally, you know, I may think, well, actually, I don't want to kill anyone. I want to be very nice. But I discard a card that somebody next to me suddenly picks up. Suddenly that's telling me, well, hang on. Ooh, they've clearly got an agenda here. But what stops it from you counting cards too much, is that some objects will appear in multiple sets. So I don't know if What's-A-Face is going to build a Molotov cocktail or they're merely just trying to light the signal fire to escape the island. So so there's a
2: sort of element of social deduction to this as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so quick, it doesn't outstay its welcome. And I think, Sam, when we do Spooky Games Night, this is a perfect opener. Perfect opener. Brilliant. Um, Yeah, it's light and breezy, super thematic. And yeah, it's definitely going to stay in my collection. I don't own anything quite like this, really. Yeah, it's it's really nice and really good fun. I like the card art. Yeah, it's really nice. It feels really within that kind of Friday the Thirteenth style, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, and it, it, you know, there are there are kind of mixtures of things like Werewolf we'll Flux, even. Um, okay. Uh, almost a, a little bit like a Mercer that we talked about um, a few podcasts ago but it is its own thing and I really commend and applaud it for it and mm. uh, yeah, um, I can't really recommend it enough really. it's it, it was a genuinely lovely surprise and a car game I didn't think I needed but I'm really glad I own. Awesome. So as you all know, I've
0: got a slight addiction problem when it comes to roll and write no. games. No, say it isn't <laughs> so, Sam.
3: Se- no, Seriously, I had no idea. look,
0: look don't. Don't because if if you're like your best tactic that you can play with me is like yes Sam sort it out. (laughs) (laughs) If you start saying no, even even sarcastically, (laughs) which I sense a slight bit in your voice,
3: I've reached a point now where I'm actually quite curious to see how far we can push. it. Well,
0: yeah, it it is developing somewhat, and I am always keen to see what like the new places it's going to go is. So my most recent. um acquisition or roll and write style game i've played is one called silver and gold and this this interests me because it's by our good friend well he's not really a friend but we played loads of his games before uh phil walker harding so sushi roll sushi go baron park um he's done worked with cosmos on the adventure games um he's a pretty big deal we all like at least one of his games um so this is silver and gold, and this is like we've played Welcome you 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 guys have all played Welcome Two, haven't you? Yes. yes. Yeah, played, we
3: played it last time we got together.
0: Yeah, very good. Yeah, we did. So that's a game Welcome Two is a is a roll and write style game, but instead of rolling a dice, you're flipping cards and then what is ever on the what is on those cards is then the information that you then put onto your sheet. So silver and gold is um a game that's Similar to that and it's produced by um, uh, Nürnberger Spielkarten Verlag um, or NSV and they in Europe at least they have quite a lot of prominence because they like release the mind and illusion oh right right um, right so it comes in this very very small box it importantly it comes with the dry white markers mm. that I love yeah yeah and it comes with just a little deck of cards because this is a dry wipe uh, roll and write or a, a flip and write, I think as it's called. And I think that the reason why it interests me so much is that I think it's probably one of the best family games I've played. Okay. And what I mean by that is that like there's not that much complexity to it. Okay. But... It's a game that's very good at keeping a a wide number of people interested and entertained for a very short period of time. Silver and Gold is not a game I would essentially... It's not a game that I would play if me, Chris and my wife were playing a game, but it is a game that I would take if you know, we were going to visit my in-laws or if we were going to see, like, my cousin or something like that. Like, it's a game that if there was a wide variety of experiences, age and exposure to board games, it would be one of the first things I packed because it's just, like, exceptionally intuitive in how it's designed. It's very, very easy. Uh, You each get a dry white marker and then there are these decks of cards that have each got a certain grid pattern on them um like they are on an island in the middle of an ocean and then there are eight cards and on each of those eight cards is a certain like tetra style pattern so like four blocks in a square or three blocks in an l or something like that and each of those cards gets turned over and then you've then you've just got to cross off that shape on one of your little grid pans as if you're like a really awful pirate cartographer like essentially like crossing off places you've searched on an island i think that's the kind of theme that it's that it's kind of going for and you reveal 7 of 8 of those shapes and then you shuffle them back in, you start again, you do that four times and essentially whoever's explored the most island space and got certain bonuses from crossing off certain cards will get certain benefits and points from doing that and then the game's over. Like, games take about 10 minutes which is also why I think it's one of these, a, a, a brilliant little family game because there's not that many games that I play that take about 10, 10, 15 minutes. It's all very simple little mechanics and little um, systems that interact with each other in very, very simple ways. And they're all taken from little parts of Phil Walker-Harding's other games, it feels like. But it's, it's the kind of game that if you play it with your family and they go, yeah, we like this, then it's like, right, now, now let's, right. let me show you some other things that I've got on my shelf. Because if you like that, then this is Baron park Poof. so this is welcome too so it's a, this is ganshon clever come on it's a, <laughs> we're going oh no
2: so it's a gateway basically it's it's your it's the your first taste is free
0: <laughs> um. yeah i mean if you if you're looking for something and you're like oh, i've heard a lot about these roll and rights i'm not sure if it's for me then i think that for a game that i think can be picked up for about 10 15 quid it comes in this tiny tiny box with these excellent dry white markers, which are worth the price of
1: admission. You cannot impress upon us enough the quality no. of the dry white markers.
2: <laughs>
0: How good these dry
2: white markers Honest, are. Honestly, like I I think Sam would just be happy if um if he went to, you know, the Sharpie <laughs> Museum.
0: <laughs> and also, there there is a small bit of delight that comes from what? You draw on the cards. Yeah. And unlike other Roland Writes where you've got this like tiny pencil that you're drawing on tiny little bits of paper and trying really carefully to be really precise with the moments it's quite nice to have have this very quick disposable quick experience where people are just flipping over cards drawing a shape flipping over cards drawing a shape complete that island right i'll pick up another island and it's got this wonderful pace to it that at first i um think i gave it a bit of short shrift for i thought like well oh, this game only really lasts 10 minutes that means it's not really doing anything sure. but it was only when we like played it with different people at different ages and different experiences that it really kind of hit home what it was does so that may be that may be something that might tickle you and your family or keep you and your family busy you know as a palate cleanser to one survives
2: what a family gathering that would be
0: <laughs> is one survives a good family game chris for
1: a certain family, <laughs> the Mansons. Like your mum, your mum would hate it. Yes, yeah, she? she would. Yeah, very much so. We'd have to just find other euphemisms for like murder and stuff. You know, famously, my mother. We, when we play Cult Express on the rare occasions um, I go back to my family um, and my parents and play games with them, when we get out of Cult Express, we can't call it shooting. We say we're giving a handshake to the other player. <laughs> Oh God, that
3: sounds so much worse.
2: Question? Yes, we have a question. Um, it has been sent into us uh, via the power of uh, the internet from at Bailey Neal. Uh, hello, that Bailey Neal. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and if you would like to send us a question, uh, s- at Staying In Pod is the Twitter. Uh, we're also on Facebook. And we also have an email address, stayinginpod at gmail.com. And as a side note, um, because uh, loads of people are like trying lots of different things out at the moment, um, because obviously yes. every, everybody has got a bit more time at the moment. Um, I would really like some recommendations of things to check out. And considering I look after the uh, the uh, the email account, um, do email us with suggestions of things that like from hobby wise you've been enjoying because I would I would love to uh, yeah. uh, read out a few of those and uh, start looking for a good them. film
1: or a good, good film, TV show TV any of the things that we
2: normally
3: yeah. talk about Cause, you cause know we're about. looking for things to do as
2: well
1: yeah, yeah. and if you really yeah. want to pique Pete's curiosity tell him One of two things: either it's super niche, or he won't get it. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Just, just start every email address. Put that in the subject heading.
0: Subject to the subject line is: "It's Pete. This is super niche, and and you you won't won't get get it." it.
2: I will immediately purchase it.
0: (laughs) That reminds me. Actually, have you have you um, have you heard the joke about Sean Connery's sister's daughter?
2: Mm, No, it's a little niche that
3: was not that was not worth the, <laughs> that's the, the level of enjoyment you had in saying that joke because because uh, it's such a specific joke that the person yeah. listening is trying to work out what kind of relative you're talking about we're thinking okay so it's his sister's
2: yeah. daughter
3: that's obviously the joke is obviously around the oh it's a niece oh, okay
1: yeah, <laughs> shall I do? Shall I do the joke again? Shall I do the joke again? No, please, please, Dan, no, Dan, 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 knock, knock. Who's there? Dishes. Dishes who? Dishes Sean Connery.
0: What What time does Sean Connery get to Wimbledon?
2: I don't know. <laughs> this is <laughs> all right. I like that one. Uh... Oh. <laughs> right. So, uh, Bailey Neal at Bailey Neal. Thank you very much for sending this in. Sorry, they, yes. they have uh, uh, they have sent us a question, uh, and the question is as follows as a solo player of console games and a non board game player are there any great board games for solo playing and i've actually had a, a, a good long think about this so i actually have some <laughs> i actually have some suggestions for you straight out of the gate
3: I'm glad you have because we've had literally about 4 seconds on this question
2: <laughs> yeah yeah well you know i do my prep so um i i've got a bunch of suggestions for you um while uh, these three have a think um, i'm ready i'm ready well, to go all right Come fine on. great um so the 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 first thing i would say is it's a bit of a cop-out but the first one is like a, a you can go and play digital adaptations of board games and they are all technically solo because you can play them all against the ai so if you ever you know if you've not played a digital adaptation of a of a board game before it isn't just you know there usually is a, an AI running thing so if you did want to go and play something on, on your um, console like the very very good uh, Istanbul or 8 Minute Empire uh, for example uh, they're available on Switch so you can go grab those now but if we're not doing cop outs then no um, I would say a, a, a good again digital and uh, a, a good digital board game is Card Crawl which is a single player Card-based uh, game. I believe there was a physical edition of it at one point. It's a solo dungeon crawl, but it uses a randomized deck of cards, um, and it's really, really entertaining. It often goes on sale. It's on mobile. I think it's on PC as well, and that's worth worth a look. Um, and then the other one, which I think you you'd be missing a bit out of it because I think this game is better with others, but I think to find out how the game plays playing it single player. The first story single player would be really good. Would be Sherlock Holmes consulting detective. So you can play those solo. Yeah, I've always wanted to play one of those. Solos. And I think I think that would be a very that would be the sort of evening where I would where I would have like there'd be a like a lovely, you know, I might have saved like a very nice beer, for example, uh, mm. and like I put on some nice gentle music, light a candle, uh, and uh, lo-fi chill lo-fi. beats to catch a murderer yeah exactly and i that would be like a luxurious evening i would set myself aside two or three hours and i would go mm, i will because they're very precious each of those cases because you can only ever play them once and i would play the first one and be like "Ooh, that was exciting go on then sam you were prepared the most
3: I, hang on i've actually thought of one oh, which i know will probably oh, say go go on uh the game uh or series of games I think it will probably already be on Sam's list. Yeah. I know what Dan's going to say. Yeah. What?
0: No, go on. I'll see if it's on my list. Go on, Dan.
3: I'm pretty much sure he will be on the list. Uh, from Cosmos, uh, it's the Exit the Game uh, series. Yeah. Um, yeah. I start. I've played quite a few of these. See, it is on your list. See, uh, I've played quite a few of these, um, and these are kind of one plays, uh, relatively kind of cheap um, to purchase. Yes. Um, the idea—they're all in different settings, but it's you're you're usually based in a single location. You have to escape. Some of them do play around with the theme a little bit, but generally, it's it's a it's a escape room idea where, for example, you're in an abandoned cabin that's locked and you have to get out within X amount of time or else you die or something like that. Mm-hmm. And in the game, you're given a a selection of cards. You're given um, like a, a rule book or a puzzle book. You're, often, you're given like a decoder. Um, a kind of circular device um and you just have to solve puzzles and each puzzle will lead on to another one and another one but what's amazing about it is the fact that you've got the book the cards the decoder everything at times needs to be torn up needs to be ripped needs to be written on needs to be folded all this different stuff um and you just have to it takes it for for me anyway it took a while to kind of get my mindset into it of not treating it preciously, because this is not a game that's going to sit on my shelf after I finished it. It's going to go in the bin. So once you get your head around that, you're kind of like, okay, there's like there was a puzzle at the back. You know what? This will be easier if I can cut out all these pieces and put it together like a jigsaw. That's going to be easier for me. So I'd sit there and I'd cut all the pieces out and I'd do it that way. Then figure and then I'd be able to figure it out. I might put a bit of sellotape back over it just to keep it in place and like that. But ah, oh, they're great.
2: I love them. Yeah, they are good.
0: Uh, if you want a place to start, I can recommend two of the best starting Cosmos exit games. Uh, the first one being Sunken Treasure, because uh, it's uh, exceptionally linear and procedural. Okay. So if it's something that you've not really played before and you're sort of dipping your toe in, then Sunken Treasure is a great place to start. And The Secret Lab also is another good start.
2: Oh,
1: Se- Secret Lab is amazing.
0: Chris, do you want to go
1: before I rant? Yeah, this is a tricky one, Sam, because actually a lot of a few of these are um, games that I've played with you, so like, or you've lent me. So um, for games that are strictly speaking one player, I've not really made, played many of those. So Friday, you lent me Sam. Um yes. I've also played Oni Rim. Um, yes. As well, which is kind of quite a famous one, really. For me, one of the limitations that often prevents me from kind of playing games solo is the kind of setup and de- take down time. It feels quite laborious. Also, you know, you haven't got that social element of acting reacting off each other. But if I'm playing a game that naturally I'm I'm spending a lot of time in my own headspace anyway when playing it, it's not too much of a difficult pill for me to swallow really. The one exception to my rule though, it's not even supposed to be a one player game. I'm just one of these crazy fools who plays it solo and that's War of the Ring. Oh. Which is the equivalent of basically Having a free course dinner, I cook it from scratch and I eat it all to myself.
0: <laughs> and
1: it just so happens I'm in my pants when I'm eating it. Yeah. Um, on a side note, me and my partner had a dial this evening, tomato dial, supposed to be four to six servings. We ate the whole thing. It's like ridiculous. <laughs> oh, tomorrow morning is going to be hell. <laughs> oh, come um, on. But but War of the Ring for me, the reason why I like that and why it goes against the rule is there's some. It's it's slightly asymmetrical. And there's something quite satisfying just having this, it's an event, the board is on the table. I. I it's like I'm in a war room and I'm, I'm watching the pieces move around. As you were saying, Dan, beforehand, There's something quite nice about giving it time to puzzle it out, to step away from the board, think through strategies and come back. It's basically a game I play whenever my partner's away for the weekend, let's say, and I can take over the dining (laughs) room table for 48 hours. The game doesn't take that long, but I like to stretch it out because I like that downtime in between plays where I'm thinking things through. Mm. So it it depends what kind of a pace of, of a game you really want to play, really. That, for me, determines what kind of one player experience uh, you're going to have but sam's now going to rattle off his extensive list here we go Sam. the king take a breath the
0: king has arrived oh, here we go. and he is going to i uh, need to flex uh, tell you about the wonderful realms of solo board gaming because it is my metier <laughs> it is what i do because Just lisa won't play with you not all the games i play my wife wants to play yeah. with me yeah um so yeah i do play a lot of solo games it's why i I own a lot of roll and write games because they are perfect in terms of like scalability they are the perfect scaling games so here are my recommendations i think straight off the bat cosmos the escape games yes straight in there you know 10 15 quid you'll be able to get them easily and you pick the level that you want to enter in on um i think that railroad inc is probably the best solo roll and write experience i've had and also it's one of the best roll and writes full stop so when you're playing with other people you've got a scalable game in front of you that you can enjoy just as one person but then also go up to four Four or six, Mm -hmm. I think, uh, Railroad Inc. And it's the perfect sitting down with a cup of tea and just drawing and doodling on a dry wipe uh, board. But the pens aren't that great. Um, So (laughs) what can you do? I then just briefly want to mention something like Four Against Darkness, which is the game that Pete bought me for Secret Santa this year, which I have played a couple of times and have lots of fun. It's a solo RPG. Um, Pete and I both backed artifact which is a solo rpg where you play as an artifact in a rpg story um and i also backed delve which is another um solo rpg that you play with a pack of cards but my number one recommendation well it's kind of two i've got them both here first of all is this heavy number which is called the maze of games um by Mike um Mike Selinka okay so the maze of games is a, referred to as an interactive puzzle novel and it's almost like a novelization of a choose your own adventure game but you're doing puzzles so you might your characters might be lost in a maze and as you're going through the maze you'll trigger certain puzzles which will then lead you onto depending on what you get in that puzzle or how you solve it, you'll then read that point of a, you'll then move on to that point of the book or then you'll come to this point of the book. Um, it's a bit of a hefty one. I mean it is for50 dollars hardback um, but currently Lone shark games who produce it have um, got a SOS sale on at the moment and you can get a PDF of it for $5. That's good. Usually the, P- usually the PDF sales for 30 Um A warning though, it is 197 pages double printed. So um, that's a lot of pages. Yeah.
2: So you'll also need to purchase a ink cartridge and a big pack of, yeah, a tree. Yeah.
0: And a tree and a big pack of paper. I was lucky enough to buy this and get it printed out by my local printers down the road just before lockdown. So I've got a lovely like bound (laughs) copy of it. That's great. Which is great. Um, So that's one option. But my number one, if you're not a solo gamer, And you want something to do on your own, which isn't looking at a screen, is to hop onto Amazon and buy Journal 29. Mm. Um, Again, this is another interactive book game. And honestly, it has been a bit of... It's been another saviour to me in terms of like wanting to... I'm not in the mood to read, I'm not in the mood to play something or watch something. I just want some time just to exercise my mind a little bit. Journal 29 is just, oh, I absolutely love it. So it's a book which is full of 63 puzzles and you generally do the puzzles sequentially. And what you do is it will have a page, like on this page, it's got 25 plus four. And then you scan the QR code on the opposite page you put in the answer that you think it is, and if it's correct, you get a key, which will usually be a word. And then you go on to the next puzzle, and you work your way through getting all these keys, for all these correct puzzles. And then these keys will then feed into future puzzles and help you out. And it's such a wonderful... The idea of the Journal 29, it's like, it's an artefact that you found. Wow. So it's full of all this incredible artwork and this incredible mystery um, surrounding it. And it's got a wonderful community around it as well. So if you're really stuck on a puzzle, it's got these wonderful forum threads that you can go through that everything's hidden and spoiled. Um, So you generally choose, like, the flavour of hints that you want, like do you really want to know how it's all done or do you just want someone to like nudge you onto right, the right path right, right. so you can you've got all that in front of you and i have an absolute blast like most days i pick it up i look at a puzzle and i think what is this yeah so it really feels like this wonderful like you're doing research rather than doing a puzzle like you're actually like doing digging and archaeology and it's a treasure hunt yeah like a treasure hunt and you're using all this like multimedia to help you to help you through and the community behind it are really good they're really nice and like for people who've been stuck on a puzzle they're never like oh you you dummy they're they're all like super and like the book i think is like 13 quid and if you're just getting into solo gaming and you're on your own at this time and looking for something just to keep your mind busy journal 29 is just Oh, love that stuff. You've got me sold. And that's it. That's another episode. In this one, there was me, Sam Turner. There was Peter Willington. There was Daniel Frost. And there was Chris Darby. And also Lloyd Grossman, of all people. Oh, that was weird. Thank you so much for checking out the show. And we were serious. We want your help. We want you to tell us what you're up to whilst you're staying in and doing your best to... Past the time. So, if you've got something that you want to share with us, then send us an email stayinginpod at gmail.com, stayinginpod on Twitter, Instagram. You can get us on there. Also, why not send us a message on Facebook? And if you are stuck for something to be doing whilst you're staying in, then Board Game Geek and Steam has curation pages curated by us. So, if there's a video game or a board game you think you might like, then why not head over there and see. What is on there? And of course, there are now 100 triple digis, baby, shows of the Staying In podcast that you can go back and enjoy to see if you can find something to do whilst you're staying in. If you can, then leave us a review, share us with your friends, but most importantly, please do stay safe. Follow the guidance that's relevant to you and your area and please do take care of one another and those around you. Until next time, we'll see you soon. Bye bye.